Hello, Low Country. This is longtime ESPN commentator Dr. Jerry Punch inviting you to listen to the Scott Hamilton Show on 98.9 ESPN Charleston. It should be fun. After all, bear hugs are what Scott believes should be given with no clothing on. Go figure. Games this weekend, on paper right now, good but not great. I mean, it's still college football, and that's awesome. And some of these games could end up being all-time classics. As a matter of fact, I'll throw this out there. One of these games will end up being an all-time classic. Just just the way it works. Even though we're not paying a lot of attention to it now, it ended up might being one of the greatest games ever played. So I'm being an optimist. But I don't see an Ohio State-Notre Dame. I don't even see, well, I see a lot of Florida-Utahs. I was all in for that game on the Utah side, got burned. I think Florida's game with Kentucky has a lot of appeal. I think South Carolina's game with Arkansas has a lot of appeal. Uh, Alabama-Texas, just because it's Alabama-Texas, not because it's positioned to be especially competitive. Maybe I'm missing a few. Let's ask our guest. He covers college football for 24-7 sports. Chris Hummer, welcome aboard. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on, Chris. Chris, what's got your attention going into week two? I mean, I'm just happy to still have college football, man. We're only two weeks in. Like, it's awesome. Um, I'll be at Texas, Alabama on Saturday. So that's, that's what I'm probably locked in the most on, but... Really excited for BYU-Baylor that night. I'm curious what USC is going to look like against a better team than Rice. Uh, they play Stanford this weekend, so that'll be compelling. Um, there's a lot of quarterback battles still going on in college football. Auburn and Michigan are still trying to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. So I think there's lots of track. You know, BYU, is that the team, the best team, let me rephrase that, the best team that we're talking about the least perhaps? Um, I think BYU and Baylor are probably right there. I know Baylor's in the top ten, but I feel like nobody talks about them probably because, like, it's not a brand like some of the other ones in the top ten. But, yeah, I think BYU is right there. Um, They were one of the best teams in the country last year. They were one of the best teams in the country in 2020. They have one of the most underrated players in the country in Jaron Hall, their quarterback, in my opinion. I think Baylor's better than BYU. Um, This will be a statement game for both teams. But BYU has a schedule. They play Oregon next week. To where if they run the table or even lose one game, even though they don't play a Power 5 slate just yet, I think they could be in the playoff mix. So there's a lot there's a lot on the line for BYU at home this weekend. I, I've been so high. I'm with you. I've been so high on um, BYU for a few years now. I felt BYU should have gotten a share of the Pac-12 title last year when you looked at the schedule and how many Pac-12 teams it played and the success it had. But given the schedule and given – the, the the brand we know BYU but we really don't include it with the 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 blue bloods I hate to say blue bloods but but the Georgias and the Alabama so on and so forth is there still a path out there for BYU to get to the playoff can they to your point lose this one game run the table and have a realistic chance of getting in uh, given its current status yeah I mean I feel like let's say they lose this game if you beat Oregon Notre Dame Arkansas um, that's a pretty good non-conference run for them. You would have to look dominant the rest of the way. 
and Baylor would have to be great. Like Baylor would have to be a borderline playoff team as well. But I think it's possible with a little chaos other places. Now, don't get me wrong. If Georgia and Alabama are undefeated and one has one loss and Ohio State runs the table and then if, like, let's say Clemson runs the table as well, they're not getting in. But, like, if there's a little chaos, I could absolutely see BYU making the playoff as a one-loss team because of the strength of their schedule all the way. They'll, they would obviously need some help and – uh, beating Baylor would be a really nice start for BYU, but an 11 and one BYU team is not out of the question to make the playoff this year, in my opinion. We're joined by Chris Hummer. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. Chris, I'm sure you heard me mention uh, Kentucky at Florida. I'm expecting a very competitive game, and I'm I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I did not expect Florida to be where where it is, or at least where it was Saturday night against Utah, 29-26 win over number 7 Utah. Billy Napier looks like he has things perhaps a bit ahead of schedule. Two-part question, Chris. Are they ahead of schedule, and what is the ceiling for this Florida Gators team 2022? Um, I would say yes and no ahead of schedule. I, I mean, I think people forget, like, in 2020, like, Florida was basically a thrown shoe away from potentially making the college football playoff. They would have had to beat Alabama in that back-and-forth SEC title game. But, like, that program wasn't too far away, and, like, it went off the rails last year with Dan Mullen. But, like, I think with a few small tweaks, I don't think Florida was that 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 far from at least being competitive. Um, I think Florida's ahead of schedule in that I wouldn't expect them to beat a college football playoff contender like Utah week one. But they also have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, Anthony Richardson. I think he's going to be a legitimate Heisman contender this year. And they still have a ton of talent. I think they're probably like the ninth or tenth most talented team in the country for our 24-7 sports team talent composite. So, like, they've always had the pieces. Um, I just think Dan Mullen lacked um, maybe some of the structure and some of the um, recruiting emphasis that you need to win there. Um, But Billy Napier's jump-started a lot of that, and I think it's resulted in a really good program. I I don't know if they'll be Kentucky this weekend. They should, given – some of the suspensions Kentucky's deal with, dealing with in the injuries, but I think Florida can be very competitive in the uh, East Division this year. And I mentioned BYU, and I'm asking for your thoughts on what is the path for BYU to get into the playoff. I want to ask you the same question, but I want to shift over to the Houston Cougars. AAC headed to the Big 12 in a couple of years. Beat San Antonio in triple overtime, now ranked 25th in the country. They got Texas Tech on Saturday, 4 o'clock kickoff Eastern time. Is there a path for the Houston Cougars to become the second G5 team to make the CFP? Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Cincinnati made the playoff last year because it had a huge win over Notre Dame that it could lean on, plus like um, a resume from previous years, even though the committee will say that doesn't matter, that proved they belonged in those moments. Houston lacks that. I mean, UTSA is a really good team. I think Texas Tech is going to be a bowl team. But there are other Power 5 game in the non-conference play is Kansas. So you're not really playing juggernauts there, which I think you need to do from a G5 perspective of a chance to make the playoff. I think Houston could easily run the table and go 12-0. and Like I think they are capable of that this year. But it would take mass chaos nationally for them to make the playoff. Like They would need a ton of help. Chris, just a couple more questions, please. North Carolina and NC State both escaped with narrow victories against NC, or against in-state rivals. North Carolina, I'm not that shocked by, but NC State, I was very bullish on going into the season, and I still am. I still am. I know ECU can be an incredibly difficult place to play. 
through what lenses should we view NC State and North Carolina right now? How much stock should we put into their week one struggles going forward? Yeah, for North Carolina, I think it's kind of the norm. That defense is going to struggle this year. Um, I don't think Gene Chizik was a particularly inspired hiring by Mac Brown as your defensive coordinator. And I just think there's a disconnect there a little bit that's been there for a couple of years now. It's really hard to play opposite their offensive system. They just haven't found the right scheme to make it work despite recruiting pretty well. I think North Carolina has a pretty limited ceiling because of it, even though that offense is going to be explosive. NC State, I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, but I still think this is a team that can win nine or ten games pretty easily. Um, Devin Leary didn't have his best game. They're still trying to figure out that run game opposite him, but that's still a really elite defense, and there are some pieces offensively that you really like. So I'm far more worried about North Carolina long-term than I am about NC State. And, Chris, before we let you go, you say you're going to be at Alabama and Texas this weekend. Uh, Alabama a 20-point favorite. And, again, pick to win the national title, a heavy favorite to win yet another national championship under Nick Saban. But what is Texas trying to extrapolate from this matchup? Other than a victory, which seems far-fetched at the moment, what does Sark and his team want to come away with after playing Alabama on Saturday? I mean – I think if you could keep it close, it would be, I mean, moral vict- people always scoff at moral victories, but if you can keep it close against Alabama, that's proof you can keep it close against anybody in the country. Um, back in 2019, Texas actually played LSU close. LSU obviously went on to win the national championship, but Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl that year. They almost won a Big 12 championship. They lost to Oklahoma, kind of at the buzzer in the Big 12 title game. So that loss, set up Texas for a run the rest of the way and help them in recruiting. And if Texas can play Alabama in a similar fashion, keep it close throughout, that's going to create momentum for the program on the field as they move into Big 12 play. And also, it'll be a huge boon for a team that's already recruiting at an elite level. If you can show, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, and you can show that there are actual results to back up the hope that you're selling against the best team in the country, that's going to make a huge difference on the recruiting trail. What, what was your assessment of Quinn Ewers? I know he got off to a shaky start. His uh, first pass should have been intercepted. His second pass was intercepted, but I felt he looked like a special quarterback from that point forward. How would you grade him? Um, I think he was solid. I think Quinn is the type of guy at this point in his career who's going to throw a couple interceptions. That's just like the reality of the situation. He's still um learning the offense and he's learning that he can't trust his arm all the time despite how special it is but i think you also saw some throws on saturday that made you go wow and that's what Quinn Ewers provides texas so um i think it's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that all year uh for quinn but i think largely it was a good performance if you take away those first couple throws and he did seem to rebound pretty well from that early interception he's chris hummer 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. Chris, excellent stuff, bud. Appreciate your time. Safe travels. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All righty. It's Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports. For for Texas, again, getting the victory, of course, is what you're perceived, what's perceived to be your goal. But there are other metrics, I believe, to which they can quantify how they do on Saturday and if it was a success or not. Obviously, keeping it close, uh, having, you know, Quinn Ewers having more touchdowns and interceptions, so on and so forth. 
but just giving a sense of calm or normalcy, perhaps, to let everyone know that what Sark is doing there at Texas is headed in the right direction. The best thing that could happen would be a game comparable to Ohio State-Michigan. Or not Ohio State-Michigan, Ohio State-Notre Dame. Something comparable to that. For a team to come in to a... In, granted, it's at, in Austin, so it's not apples to apples. But to have a solid effort, a solid showing, and be competitive even in the latter moments. Under a new coach, and Sark, it's his second year, but still infantile stages of his time in Austin. I think that would do wonders for him for the rest of this year, but also next year, so on and so forth. Especially as they wait for the great Arch Manning to show up, whatever that will mean. Lots lots tethered to that game in Austin on Saturday. Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. Scott Hamilton, Chuck.